You're all very welcome to our first episode of the new Youthly Careers Network podcast, All Things Careers. My name is Leona Barry and I am the Career and Skills Consultant at the UCD Careers Network here in UCD. And I'm delighted to welcome our first speaker, Claire Lamb, Women in Sport Lead at Rowing Ireland and 2016 Olympian. Claire studied mechanical engineering in UCD alongside training for an international career in rowing. Claire took part in the Rio Olympics of 2016 and after Rio studied a master's in engineering, returned to Cork and began working as an engineering consultant with Arup. And after two years, her desire to contribute to sport in Ireland led her to take up a role with Rowing Ireland as Women in Sport lead. Claire, you are very welcome. Thanks a million, Leona. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Claire, at the UCD Careers Network. So uh, I'm just going to bring you back briefly, I suppose, to your time at UCD um, and maybe discuss a little bit and talk a bit about your experience of campus life and what did you enjoy most about your degree? Yeah, um, it's a good question. If I can think back to 2008 when I started my engineering degree, I entered into general engineering and then after year one um, specified into mechanical engineering. Um, and at the same time, I, on probably freshers week, I joined the boat club um, and joined the, the ladies rowing team, um, which when I think back to my time in UCD, I think about the studies, but I think a lot about the extracurricular kind of student life as well. And that time in the boat club where I just made the best of friends and um, they're people that are still very close to me now. Um, but yeah, I look back really fondly on my time in UCD. Um, even when I go back to the campus now and you feel that kind of energy and that sense of potential of all the students there. Um, it's just such a, a lovely place to be um, and it brings back some great memories. Perfect. And so you 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 started rowing then um, and you took part in the boat club, which is a great extracurricular activity. It's fantastic to have that at UCD. Um, did you start rowing at, in UCD or did you start kind of when you were four or five or when did that um, start? When did you begin good, rowing? Yeah, I started rowing when I was um, probably like early teens, so 13 or 14 and um, at a, a local club down on a bridge and commercial rowing club. And it was one, definitely one of the draws to UCD was um, I used to row past the boat club, uh, UCD boat club, and see like the crack that the the college students were having and often having their barbecues on the bank and just thought like, that looks like so much fun. And it was one of the draws to, um, to UCD. Uh, and then, of course, the engineering degree too. Um, it's, it's a very well-regarded degree, so... Between the two things that really um, drew me to the, to to go to UCD and choose that to be my um, my base for the next four years. Brilliant, lovely. So 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 you were kind of rowing past UCD and saying one day I'm going to be there. Absolutely, that's a really lovely story. And kind of uh, kind of and I say there's great. There is still great fun at the the UCD boating club there. Um, and just in relation to um, after, I suppose, your degree and um, when you completed your four years, I'm just thinking about that transition then into your next role or your first role, I suppose. Um, so could, could you describe a little bit of the first role after graduation? Isn't it? How did you get that role? And and I suppose, was it through kind of an internship, a job advertisement, or was it through your own network? Um, so I guess through college life and and when I finished my degree, I would say I had a bit of a dual career. So 
I had ambitions to go to the Olympics from um, probably from my time in UCD. Actually, we had a, our coach, Martin Feely, was an Olympian from 1976 and a very inspiring guy. And he really, um, I think he, he planted the seed and, and he encouraged me as well to, to chase that dream, I suppose. Um, so whilst I was studying, I was training um, pretty heavily, I would say, alongside my engineering degree. And then when I came into my final year, I actually decided it was just before it was the final year into the re- the London Olympics. And that was an ambition for me to try and qualify for that. So I actually took a year, took a year out, but decided to do my final year project while I was training pretty much full time down in Cork. And I did that in partnership with a company um, called JASPA, who were developing a wave energy device in Cork. And um, so we were kind of testing prototypes and uh, I was looking at basically the um, the economic model of them developing that at, at a larger scale. So I got to do that alongside my training, which was great because it was just another kind of outlet. And it was quite an intense time, I suppose, trying to uh, qualify or work towards qualifying. And whilst we were unsuccessful in qualifying for London at 2012, um, it was great that I had made that connection with that company. So when I I went back, finished my final year in UCD. And then after that, um, well, first we went to Melbourne and just trained basically full time for nine months um, out there. I think I was printing, printing rowing T-shirts. I got like a part time job. But when I came back, I wanted to get have something going with the engineering side. Um, so I got back involved with JASPA whilst I was training pretty much full time for the Rio Olympics in Cork. Wow. You were you're very busy, Claire. Training, uh, studying, then final year project, training, um, and then having that nine months then in Melbourne as well. Um, so tell us then that next stage um in relation to, to Rio. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. So we were fortunate this time around, so second time lucky. Um we qualified in 2015 in the lightweight women's double skull uh for the Rio Olympics. So it was pretty full on, I would say, kind of three years um, intensive training towards that. But I knew, like, because I kind of taken a bit of a step back from the studies and from the engineering, like I was only really doing a few hours a week in with JASPA. Um, I wanted to go back to university and do a master's just to kind of reconnect with that element. Um, uh, and I suppose it was even for my own confidence that I'd felt that I, because it had been three years since I'd been in a, in a classroom and that I might've lost some of those engineering skills that I developed in my initial degree. So I applied and got accepted to an, a master's in Cambridge and it was engineering for sustainable development. And all the way along, that was what I was interested in, like renewable energy and sustainability. And that master's was a brilliant opportunity to kind of, it wasn't a technical engineering master's, but it was very much kind of the holistic um, like the the questioning of why we are making the creating the engineering solutions that we are, and um, it was a really diverse class. I think there was like over twenty nationalities represented in our class, so it really helped me develop kind of that critical thinking and questioning the decisions that we make, which I think is so important for engineers and especially now. Um, it's no longer just about solving this or finding the solution, but actually ensuring that you consider every single impact that that solution is going to have. So I loved that master's degree and allowed me to kind of take a step 
down from the full-time training that I was doing at rowing, but I was then rowing for the university and um, training towards the boat race, which was also another great experience. But following that year, I, I said, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm done with the training and now I'm going to focus on my, on my professional career. Okay. And then you went in, the, so leading them, so sustainable development, that area of interest and still a, an, an area of interest for you. You then um, got a great role in Arup. Um, yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. So I mo- moved back to Cork where I had been training. I remember leaving Cork in 2016, like as we packed up before we went to the Olympics. And I was like, okay, that was a good chapter of my life. Where's the next city I'm going to spend my time? And then in 2017, I, that was where I got my first job. So I was back to Cork, which was, I actually love, love that city. It's, it's um, a great place to be, especially living in, in the city centre and working in the city centre. So I was working in ARP and um, kind of focused on sustainability strategies and energy master plans um, and then energy efficiency and building design. And really, really interesting work. I did enjoy it a lot. Um, and then outside of work, kind of all my extra time was involved with sport in some capacity. And it wasn't so as much me competing anymore but was I suppose getting involved in projects that were using sport in the community for I suppose um having a a greater social impact I suppose and that's one of the great things about sport and when you step away from high performance sometimes you can forget that that impact that sport can have um but I really kind of got back involved with that once I finished my own training so I was involved with the sanctuary runners I was uh coaching with the Cork Dragon Boat um, group that are training there. And then also Dare like to Believe, I think as well. Dare to Believe, exactly, yeah. which is a project that the Olympic Federation of Ireland do where you're um, visiting schools and kind of talking about the importance, I suppose, of, of physical activity at a young age and also the Olympic values. I just could see I still had so much kind of credibility and passion for sport and um, but that said, I, I did really enjoy my time in ARP as well. But it did lead me to take up a, a different role and follow a different route. After after two years in engineering, I, I decided to go for a role that came up in Rowing Ireland, um, Women in Sport Lead. And that's where I am now and where I've been the last two years. Fantastic. So you you, you didn't actually leave rowing behind when, when you've, you completed your master's and then went into ARAP. You still continued and that passion was still there, but you, it wasn't more kind of for training for the Olympics. It was a different, a different way of, I suppose, working within kind of the rowing community um, and giving back, I suppose, in relation to coaching and volunteering, which is lovely to hear, Claire. Um, so in, in you then, as you mentioned, you you, I suppose, changed roles slightly there, um, changing a career and I suppose following your passion, you know, con- to contribute to sport in Ireland. And then, as you say, working in rowing Ireland. Um, so what is your role w- within women's rowing at, at the moment? And, and and I suppose, what would you like to see happening? It's a big question, Leona, <laughs> but um, I'll try and I'll try and give a fair answer. Um, so my role when I started was to come in. So Sport Ireland invested really heavily, um, like they've invested heavily in women's sport over the last probably decade, but they put a big investment in in 2019. And that created my role in rowing and the similar role within other um, NGBs. And when I came in, it was quite a broad scope. So it's a looking at the pillars of participation, coaching and officiating, leadership and visibility. So I did kind of a 
audit, let's say, of the rowing rowing in Ireland and looked at kind of what our numbers are of females' participation across all areas of the sport. And the sport's doing really well um, from a participation uh, point of view. We have yeah. great gender balance in the sport, even at a, at a high performance level, our, our national team, as, and all the way down to beginners, a lot of young girls getting involved in the sport. So, but where we weren't doing as well was in the coaching um, sphere. And we, we probably have about a quarter of our coaching numbers are, are female. And then that actually gets smaller as you move up, I suppose, the coaching pathway. And at a high performance level, there's very few, if none, none within the Irish team um, up until recently. And um, did we have any female coaches? So that was my focus. It was around developing programs to recruit uh, develop and retain female coaches within rowing and also a kind of I, I recognize that it's it's very similar across across countries and across sports so um, in the programs that I worked on I tried to do them as a collaboration with other sports that were trying to tackle the same issue and also that brought about the benefit of of the rowing coaches getting to mix with other sports as well and um, create those connect- connections and network outside of their own sport as well. Um, so what would I like to see? I think I'd like to see a greater gender balance in coaching. I'd like to see athletes that are currently competing in the sport, seeing that as an option um, when they step away from their rowing. Um, I'd like there to be more flexibility in, the, in, in, um, in what's expected of a coach as well. At the moment, if you decide to be a rowing coach, it's pretty much deciding to give up all of your free time from Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Um, And I'd love to see, I suppose, those expectations and just to create more flexibility that we could have more diversity of coaches involved. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) And and I suppose it is the natural next step, I'd say, when when you're training competitively. Um, I suppose, as you had uh, I suppose, assisted in relation to volunteering and coaching um, while you were in Arab. Um, But I suppose knowing that there is a career path there um, Mm -hmm. when I I complete my training, that I can actually become a coach, but at a high level. Um, So that's great. And has that changed, Claire, in the last few years? Like, I mean, are there any female coaches, I suppose, at junior or world champion level at this stage? Yeah, so um, last year we had uh, a great improvement where we had um, three female coaches coach international teams. Um, oh, they coached great. at the Junior European Championship, and uh, which is called the Coupe de Genèse in, in rowing, and then the Junior World Championships. And Leah O'Regan uh, was the first female coach in Ireland to win a medal at a, a World Championship female coach yet to win a medal at a world championship event um so that was a great step and she's now working very closely with the Irish team along with the other coaches as well and that have been part of a, a high performance coaching pathway program that we established um so things are yeah, changing it, it, it is changing and I think it's across all sports and, and the amount that's been done by Sport Ireland and um just how much recognition I suppose there is that we need more females in that space but also that we probably I think what's changing is that the importance of the coach is probably being valued a bit more and that we need to probably support them and also recognize that when we have the success, we always know the name of the athlete that won the medal, but we should be celebrating the coach that has put in um, endless number of hours as well to get to achieve that result. Um, 
So uh, yeah, that's another thing I probably would like to see happen that we probably support our coaches a bit better because they've just given, they give so much to the sport and we, there's no successful athlete without an, uh, a brilliant coach behind them. Absolutely. That team behind them um, gets them where they, where they were. That's fantastic. Claire, that's absolutely lovely. And I suppose one um, question that we always ask in, in our podcast is, um, is what would you tell your first year you? So is there any advice um, through the stages in relation to your career path? Is there any advice that you would give um, to you while you were in first year in UCD? Um, this is probably advice that I'm still giving myself. Uh, so I think it's really important just to kind of probably stay in the moment a bit more. Um, you know, I, I'm constantly trying to identify what's this path that I'm on, where, where do I ultimately want to be? But I think it's about taking the opportunities as they come up and really focus on what you're doing in the here and now. Um, not always kind of questioning what's next. If you're doing a good job within your space, I think um, those opportunities will, will come up. But then as well to recognize them when when they're there. So um, for me, I suppose I was working within an office environment and whilst I felt like we we're having a really positive impact, I felt like working in sport gave me more of that direct connection with the community that I was trying to impact. Um, so I love the fact now that I'm working with sport, I'm working directly with, with the people the person who's, I suppose, experiencing the intervention, whereas I wasn't getting that from engineering. And I'm sure if I um, stayed with it, or I'm sure I could have created that opportunity, but when it came up with sport, I I, I knew I'd, I'd get that kind of um, satisfaction from the role. So I took that opportunity. And I think as well about having no regrets, like you might at times think, why did I do this? Or why did I do that? But um, if you just keep keep working working forward and it's all it's all a learning um experience and um I know I panic that I'm on a, a very unforged path and I don't know what the next thing is but I know probably by the time I'm 50 and maybe doing a podcast like this um I'll look back and it will all make sense <laughs> even if you're not so sure now but um yeah I think it's just just stay in the moment and and follow the path you're on and and look out for those opportunities Absolutely. And not having any regrets and kind of understanding that decision that's made at that time was the best decision for you. Um, So living in the moment, having no regrets. Absolutely. And I really like the appreciate that you did a shout out for Martin there, your coach in UCD as well. So um, Claire, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. And I just wish you the very best of luck um, in your current role. And um, I just want to thank you again for spending um, your time with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Leona. Thank you very much uh, for listening to the first episode of our new podcast series, All Things Careers from the UCD Careers Network. Make sure to follow the UCD Careers Network on Instagram, Twitter or LinkedIn and find out how we can help you in your career journey. And listen next time to our next episode where we chat about all things careers. Have a great day, everyone.